can't never stop working hard. Each day I feel I have to improve. Hard work, determination. I've got to keep pushing myself. Welcome to Hi-Ya, the only podcast that can work itself into a philosophical dither over whether some chucks are better than none. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I thought nice. you liked that. A little bit of a callback mix in there, didn't you? <laughs> All right. Hi-Ya, episode 16, recorded September 10th, starts now. Hey, Craig. Sleep done. Howdy, Dave. Hi. Well, we're doing another Skype in as a wraparound for uh, an interview today. So uh, if you think Craig sounds a little funnier than usual, I don't know if that's possible. (laughs) (laughs) It's because he's Skyping in. We're going to buy that brother a microphone one of these days. He's got. Just remember, a wraparound's always better than a reach around. That's true. And you just remember that that Burger King headset you've got there is not going to work forever. (laughs) You snatched that off someone's head at the Burger King drive-thru, didn't you? Yes, I did. Oh, God. See, that's the sound I'm talking about right there. Okay. Well, we got a lot of stuff to get to this week, so let's go ahead and fire it up. Um, Let's do it. We've got an interview with Tim Johnson of the the Martial Arts Lineage Project. Yeah, uh, coming up here in just a minute that I pre-recorded earlier, so you won't hear Craig's voice in that one. It'll be as big a surprise to him as it is to you, That's our fair right. listeners. Let me just give a shout out if uh, you listeners uh, get a chance, check out their podcast. We need to give them a little, a little, little ring a ding there because they are very, very good. And you know, I've I've listened to several of their episodes and I just love it. I have as well. I, I, uh, I love the Yang Shuing Ming one in particular. That was really interesting to hear about his, uh, his long-term martial, martial arts project that he's working on out there. I'm really curious to see how that pans out for him. No doubt. Um, and, uh, there, yeah, there's a ton of good stuff on there. There's actually some that I haven't listened to. I need to dig back into. And I believe he's going to cross post our interview. So, Very uh, cool. yeah, yeah, you'll get a chance to listen in and see what he edits out that I let slide. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, well, we got that going for us. Uh, the other thing I want to mention right here up front, <laughs> I just heard my son yelling, hiya, from his bedroom. <laughs> no, he's, he's not even three years old yet. I'm just going to go ahead and tell this little story. He's not even three years old yet. And last night we were putting him to bed and he was jumping around on the bed saying, I'm doing Kung Fu. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right. Olin's going to say hi to say hiya. Hiya. Hiya, Olin. (laughs) Now, listen, I know you want to be a big Kung Fu man and daddy's going to teach you, but shouldn't you be in bed right now? What's that? That is What's called a that? pop filter. A pop filter. Yeah, so your plosives don't make too much noise. Say pop filter again. What's that? That's a pop filter. What's that? <laughs> we can, too, we can edit out any of this. We have to. <laughs> I love it. Where's your mother? Did you did you knock your mother unconscious with your hi ya? <laughs> oh, she's calling you. You better go. You better go. (laughs) 
Here, I'll take that. Let me throw that away. Okay, you take it to mommy and she'll get in trouble. She'll throw that away. Oh, God. (laughs) Thank you. Good work, son. Good work. Okay, so one of these days I'm going to get a podcasting studio with a door. There you go. That's Hi, y'all listeners. If you can hear me out there, that's what I want. All I want is a podcasting area with a door. There you go. So my son can't ambush me and go, hi-ya, and scare the pants <laughs> off of me. <laughs> like you just did. That was pretty awesome. <clears throat> okay, so where were we? Okay, uh, the reviews. Yes, I, I put out a call for reviews and uh, threatened people with uh, the release of rabid monkeys if they didn't wow. follow through. And uh, luckily, they followed through. Um, Excellent. Yeah, I didn't have to release the rabid monkeys yet. So that could have and more fun, I mean, you know. Well, yeah, for us, but not for everyone else. True, true. We enjoy watching the uh, monkey carnage, but not everyone else does, especially not if they're part of the carnage. But uh, I will say that uh, the, the response was good so far. We need you to keep doing them because there's still way more people that are on our Facebook page or have commented or whatever, you know, talked to us indirectly than have liked us and... I don't know what iTunes algorithm is. I really don't. But, uh, <laughs> you know, just for the person that stumbles across the podcast, these reviews, these ratings, they're bound to help. It's all we ask. It's a small price to pay. So, uh, anything else we want to talk about? Uh, we did, uh, yeah. before we get started yeah. here, we did, we did hit Dragon Con up one day last week. There you go. Yes, we did. Speaking of interviews, I got to see one of my favorite podcasts, uh, get recorded. And, What's uh, that? oh, uh, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to mention it. I'm not going to mention oh, it right oh, now oh. because I, uh, I think I've got a strong lead on an interview, but I don't, I don't want to scare them off. If they come listen to the podcast by talking out of school. There you go. So Good I idea. will let you know when it gets booked. Uh, and you know, we're working on that right now, but I think that'll be very interesting. And as a matter of fact, some of the podcasting stuff I saw there was, uh, some of the most fun I had the whole day. Excellent. Yeah. I don't, how do you feel, Craig? What was what was your big thing at Dragon Con this year? Uh, probably can't say that over the air, or, you know. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. We've uh, said an awful lot already. Good point. Good point. No, it was it was a great time though. Um, as always, people watching is 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 great fun, um, especially when you have you know a huge conglomeration of people that traditionally people look at as as having no social skills and then you watch them in this environment where everybody's you know on the same wavelength so to speak and um how they interact and even watching from a martial arts perspective uh when situations could go awry watching people backpedal or change the situation was a lot of fun um of course i was a little bit annoyed because I had my whole day planned out, you know, I wanted to go see a bunch of different tracks for podcasting and different other things. Of course, my, my fairy princess, Erin Gray, I didn't get to catch this time. Oh, yeah, that, that broke my heart. There's always next year and the year after, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but uh, I got there too late, but, uh, you know, met up with you guys and, and had a really good time. I enjoyed the, uh, the, the part of the, uh, lecture that I got to see that, uh, at the, with you guys. Um, and had a, had a really good time. I, I ended up dancing the night away at, at the uh, wee hours till the sun came up, but you know, Donna summer style. Exactly. 
Yeah, well, awesome. I, I will tell this little story on you real quickly because yeah. we need to get on with our interview. But uh, uh, <laughs> we were only about, I don't know, 30 or 40 people separate in the line that wrapped all the way around the building to get in. Uh, I had come with a friend of ours, uh, Scott Ho, uh, and <laughs> and Craig was with a buddy of his, and he got there a little bit later than we did. So we, we stood in this line. It took about an hour to wrap all the way around the building and finally get us up to the front. And we knew we had come in right about the same time you did, you know, within yeah. 15 minutes of each other. And we'd been in about two hours and got a, a text from Craig saying, finally got in. <laughs> yeah. so let that be a lesson to everyone who might want to attend dragon con if you're ever in the atlanta area boy it's a hoot but yeah get there early and bring cash because if you're in the credit card line it's as long as the one outside the building yep you think you've, you've done something special when you enter the building you're like oh finally and then you turn your head around that corner in that room and you see it go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth throughout like <laughs> two or three rooms and you just crush see yeah. they they let us off to the side people were literally running down the hallway and boom right up to the counter <laughs> Jeez. Like, yay That's cash insane. we need to get smarter about this and just go ahead and pay up front next year it's cheaper and yeah, faster way cheaper yeah all right well enough about our stupidity and adventures uh let's go ahead and uh, i'm going to kick it over to the interview with tim johnson from the martial arts lineage project it was a lot of fun enjoyed talking to him and i hope you guys like listening to it We'll be right oh, back yeah. after a little trip to the Champagne Lounge. Folks, we're here with Tim Johnson from the Martial Arts Lineage Project. Uh, hi, Tim. How you doing today? How you doing, Dave? Thanks for having me on the show. No, I'm, I'm great. I'm great. So let's get started here. For those that may not know, uh, let's uh, let's get a little information about you, who you are, before we get into the project you, uh, you're working on itself. Um, what got you interested in martial arts enough to spend so much time and energy uh, tracing lineages and podcasting? Sure. Yeah. Well, I started out as a kid, you know, 10 years old. I, I found a, you know, my parents signed me up with a local karate school because it was something I seemed a little bit interested in. Um, you know, I started out with uh, Shaolin Kempo was the first place I went and, um, actually stuck with that school for quite a while. I liked the, the style and, um, got through to second Don and that before I went off to college. Um, it became a pretty prominent part of my life. You know, martial arts training. I was, uh, not one of the more popular kids in school, I guess you could say. No, it, it, you're kidding it me. Guided me. It, <laughs> it guided me, as, as it does uh, many people, I think. It's provided but, um, a lot of solace for many people over the years. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And uh, yeah, it, it's been a, a good part of my life. And so I, I looked up, uh, you know, other things when I after I went off to college. Wanted to uh, diversify a little bit. Took a little capoeira class. There was some stuff going on. I was in Boston at the time, and uh, did a little bit of fencing and. Uh, 
that kind of that kind of tided me over through college, and then uh, after that, left the city and went up to. Um, we lived in New Hampshire, but I was working down in Massachusetts still, and um, found a kung fu school. Uh, it's always been something I was interested in Chinese traditional Chinese kung fu. It was a praying mantis school, oh, and I've been studying there for um, five or six years now. And uh, that now is, is that northern or southern mantis? Northern. Okay. Northern mantis. Seven and, star uh, maybe or uh technically Wallum okay. Mantis. There was a, a little glitch in the lineage, however, where uh you know uh there was there was a, a disconnect and, and someone was uh shunned from the from actually calling it Wallum technically, but uh you know, <laughs> okay. that's where it stemmed from and, and it's technically that's that's what we're learning. But uh anyway. That school was was amazing. I mean the, the Sifu there, uh Steve Murphy, he he was uh an incredible guy, just a, a real nice guy to work with. And, uh, you know, taught young kids real well, taught adults real well. And, uh, just kind of, that's where I, that's where I got my, what I, I guess, uh, I call my Kung Fu enlightenment. I didn't coin the term. That's a right. term I got from one of the interviews I did with, uh, uh, Sifu, uh, uh, Wong Q Kit, an author. Okay. And, uh, got, but I like the term. I got my Kung Fu enlightenment there and it really opened my eyes to, uh, your How, foo, your foo piffany, I would call it. My foo piffany. <laughs> there we go. Yes, I like it. <laughs> yep. Uh, opened my eyes to how much, uh, how how much the you know the horse dance actually meant. All that stuff I was learning for for fifteen years beforehand, and how much more a front punch is than actually just a front punch. Um, yeah. How much diversity there is in the arts. He uh, Sifu Sifu Steve would teach. A form, we'd be learning a form, and we'd we'd learn a bunch of moves, and then and then we'd we'd learn an application for it, and then we'd learn a completely different application for it, and then we'd learn a health application for it. You know, oh, and by the way, if you do this punch and this block here, you're stretching this meridian, the heart meridian. That's good for your heart. Wow, huh? So that I thought that was pretty cool, and. uh well, even just on the martial side, uh, you know, I'm always leery if somebody only knows one application for a movement. It's like, what are sure. you going to do? Wait yeah. for that to happen? You know, it's a, uh, you know, right. these, right. these things should more or less be principle based. So they should have a broad applicability. Right. Throughout the, the, my training as a, as a teenager in Shaolin Kempo and, um, a lot of that is, you know, fairly, fairly, uh, you know, you know, tuned into one particular application or, or a small subset of applications. So, after learning the kung fu, I look back again on the on the Shaolin Kempo and other things that I've learned, and, and realize, wow, that you know I can apply different applications to all these things, and it's pretty incredible. Yeah, so, that thing that was just a step and punch, you're like, oh, I could throw somebody if I do it exactly. that close yeah, to it's yeah. an arm break too. Now yeah. I had the same experience, you know. I, I and, and once I was into Bogwise, you know, a lot of the things I learned at Shaolin and other places. Sort of opened it opened up the toolbox for me, and a lot of it was because of the way that teacher taught. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that was very important to me. So, and and we learned about um, you know it being traditional Chinese kung fu. We talked about the history, and we talked about where the praying mantis style came from, and uh, all sorts of stuff like that. And my sifu had these big carvings on the wall of the old masters, you know, the the uh, warriors of. Of, of the old times and stuff. And it just uh, got me thinking about, you know, where all these things come from and how they were used in the past. And I'm an amateur web developer. 
I guess, and I was looking for something to do one day, <laughs> trying to go through a list of ideas. And hey, wow, I could I could do something really cool with uh, martial arts lineage, because you know, in old times, you know, and and even back through to like the sixties and seventies, if you're learning martial arts, you're probably learning from someone with a pretty big name, and there's not too too many schools out there. You know, oh, this guy, he learned from Dan Inosano. So, right. Yeah. And there's not too, too, too many schools of thought out there. But, you know, as martial arts gets more popularized in the U.S. and things start developing and things start changing, everybody's kind of putting their, their new spin on things in the past 30, 40 years. And, uh, it's going to get a lot more difficult to track. But I, I thought it's, it's still really important, you know, to know where those things came from and not forget the link we have to the past and, and not forget what these things actually were used for and what they mean and what uh, the original developers uh, intended them for. You know, so I figured right. it would be a good thing to have this interactive database of basically every martial artist, every martial artist out there, if they could have a, a place to put where they learned these arts from and where they came from, you know, we could, tr we could start tracking and it would start being this, this, enormous network of martial artists uh, that uh, you could you could draw relations between two martial artists and have people uh, understand how their two arts are connected and and you know where the branches disconnect and reconnect and things like that so I thought you know the martial arts lineage project is is that effort and I've been working I came up with the idea about two and a half years ago I think for the martial arts lineage project and uh, what we're doing there is um, it's a website, uh, malineage.com, and any martial artist can go there and sign up for a uh, a website. They can create their own interactive lineage tree. They put in there, uh, you can put a little picture of yourself, put in your instructors, put in your students if you're teaching, uh, put in where you taught, what school you taught at, and then it'll automatically generate a graphical lineage tree. So you, it shows your name and, and your instructors above you and uh, so on through the through the ages. So, nice. um, you know, my lineage tree has my Kung Fu lineage. It also has my Capoeira lineage and my Shaolin Kempo lineage all incorporated into one. And uh, it's just really interesting to look at. And then other people can can link up to that same database. And as soon as they put in their instructors, if they're in the tree, it'll automatically populate all the rest of the, of the uh, instructors on up the line. So it'll link all that together uh, automatically. That's, that's very interesting. And, and the teachers themselves come on there or is it just for teachers or do individual practitioners get to do this? Is it anybody who wants to? Anybody who wants to can come on there. Um, it's mostly, I find that my, my audience is mostly, uh, instructors looking to, uh, publish their lineage. Uh, but, uh, there's also a lot of just individual martial artists looking to explore more of the history and traditions. Um, because every, uh, when you list your, your styles on your page, every, every style, I think there's like, uh, at least three, four hundred different styles listed at the project right now. And each style has its own page with a little bit of information, a timeline of the history of the style, uh, who founded the style and where I came from and things like, things like that. So it's a good place to research, uh, you know, what the styles are all about. 
Well, uh, I, I got to ask you this, just knowing martial artists as well as I do, do you ever have any conflict between people that say, oh, no, you're not really part of that lineage or <laughs> no, that's not right. This is right. You know, uh, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is part of the nature of the beast, unfortunately. So how do you and how do you mediate that? That's a good question. <laughs> Still working on that. <laughs> OK, but, uh, <laughs> but um, no, I had a couple podcasts back uh, back uh, a few months ago with one guy that came on and, and said something and then another guy heard the podcast and he wanted to come on and, and do a rebuttal. So we went back and forth a couple of times and, uh, you know, in a, in a civilized manner, talked about who did what and what came from who. Right. Um, but it is, you know, it is what it is. It, there's no documentation for a lot of this stuff. Um, yeah. either, either there is and someone disputes it and then, it, it's hard to say. It's hard to say who's right and who's wrong. So yeah. I don't. I don't profess to uh, really be a mediator. I profess to get the information out there, and uh, people can can make with it uh, what they will. Okay, uh, uh, fair enough. I don't think you could get much, you know, closer <laughs> to the absolute truth in martial arts than that. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean. I mean. Uh, at some point. Yeah. At some point, it. it it's all. So I'm interested. I'm going to have to go back and listen to those shows. I guess I missed them. But when these guys were going back and f back and forth, uh, was it you talking to one of them and then separately talking to the other one, or did you it have was them two both? separate interviews? Okay, yes. yeah. There was no direct, uh, yeah, that, no, no direct confrontation on the air. Much better for keeping it civil, I guess. <laughs> yes, yes. So <laughs> I, I, that sort of carries me to my next question for you, which is, uh, you know, what what do you? feel the the true significance of lineage is how important is lineage well that's a good question that's another good question that a lot of people ask i think um yeah and some people say that lineage really isn't important it doesn't matter where things came from it matters you know who's teaching it at the moment and how it works for you and uh you know how it applies to uh, current your current environment your current situation right uh, obviously there's a lot to be said for for that uh, the development of MMA and how people fight in the ring today is is far different than than uh, on the dusty roads of China where you're defending yourself against. Uh, although we bang on about how traditional okay. martial arts were really mixed martial arts anyway, you know if yeah. if you look at teachers from the 18th 19th century, they usually don't have one style. You know, mm -hmm. they'll, they'll, well, he studied so-and-so when he was a kid and studied this and then this and then this and then maybe created their own style or found something different or whatever. But I don't, I don't think the mixing of martial arts is all that new a phenomenon. It's true. Yeah. It's a different application of it, a different environment. For yeah. It. The sporting environment. That's that's yeah. pretty, pretty new for the for the full out uh, mixed martial arts. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it's debatable. I, I have this lineage project going and I in in some respects i think lineage is very important if you're if you're interested and want to know what the the great masters did back then and in the in another respect i want to an, a goal of this project is to take those great masters of the past and just portray the fact that they were just people like you and i who uh like to defend themselves and like to stay healthy and teach other people uh, their trade and uh there's there's all sorts of instructors out there now who are, I'm sure, just as as powerful and creative and inspirational as many of those, you know, past masters that are iconized in black and white images uh, and put up on on the walls of martial arts schools that, uh, you know, that have the same influence over probably in these days, thousands of more people. 
you know, just because of communication and the way instructors these days are able to reach out and uh, and teach more people. So that's another goal of the project is just making sure that people understand, you know, these are these are very important people in the past, but there are a lot of important people out there today, too. And we want to document and recognize all of them. Right. Um, the. <laughs> I know the further down in, in most martial arts family trees you go, the more apocryphal and, uh, you know, legendary the stories about these people are. Do you, so, uh, this may be a softball question, but do you, do you think that these people back then were really that much better and the arts have just declined ever since then? Or maybe it's a little harder nowadays with YouTube to get away with, with certain grandiose claims. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very true. Um, no, I, you know, it's, it's great to, to think and imagine that all those masters are are as uh, refined and choreographed as the uh, movies you see, right? Where they're, <laughs> you know, uh, catching flies with chopsticks and stuff like that. And that wouldn't that be wonderful if that were the if that were the case? But uh, you know, I think that they you know they were just uh, just average people like you and I, like I said. And uh, it's great to respect them and, and iconize them like we do. And and it's. Uh, the, well, but there's a lot of a lot of power and inspiration in those stories, you know, the legends. Right. At some point, it doesn't matter if they're true. Right. They're it's, it's what gets and, you inspired when you're a kid to go out there and start doing the actual work. Is, exactly. Is like, I could, yeah. Maybe I can do this one day, you know? Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. You always have to aspire to do to be, you know, ten times better than you actually want to be. Yeah. Aim for the yeah. aim for the stars, and if you hit the moon, great. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. So, uh, what do you plan on doing with this project as it grows? Uh, yeah, I do plan on growing the project. Right now, it's supposedly we're in beta phase right now, which means that uh, I did all the programming myself, basically, and uh, right. still looking to uh, to ramp up, uh, in, improve the user interface a little bit better, and uh, get it out there, get the word out there, and um, get more people involved. There's over 600 uh, members, I think, right now. They're all helping to contribute uh, their their uh, styles and and lineage to the tree, and it's been it's been amazing. The response has been absolutely incredible. So uh, I'm really happy with that. We have over 2,000 uh, martial artists in the tree. Uh, so not necessarily members, but uh, people that have been added, you know, historical figures that have right. been added to the tree. Like I said, uh, several hundred styles of martial arts and uh, is also a place for school. So that's the three major elements of the site: is uh, martial art. Art, martial artist pages, uh, style pages, and then school pages. So you can open up a, a web page for your your own school and put in uh, videos and images and uh, your your school's lineage, just so that uh, people can get their their lineage out there and publish it as a school. You know, interesting. Are you are you finding that people who don't have much web development skills are sort of using those school pages as their school pages and and linking that to, you know to their um, advertising or, you know, whatever outreach um, they're doing, or is it that I think sort of so. thing? Yeah. I think so, but probably not, uh, as much as, as much as I might like quite yet. I guess still have to, uh, you know, imp- improve the, the user interface a little bit, but, um, yeah, it's been, there's been a, a really good response to it for the most part. So, um, yeah, it's been a great project. Um, and in the future I am, I'm still doing the, uh, I, Interviews. I I have a, I do have the podcast, which is part of the website, and I interview uh, try to get some big names in martial arts, and it's been a very good response so far. It's uh, actually pretty easy to get fairly big name martial artists to come on the show and just talk for <laughs> half an hour or so, and uh, it's been it's been great. I, I 
been learned so much just talking to uh to to people all over the world talk to people in malaysia and uh, thailand and uh europe and all over the place about uh their systems of martial arts and how many how many uh people lives and and uh people that they've influenced and how the uh, primarily how the martial arts has developed through their over their many years of training and it's been insightful it's been very very cool but uh plan on on uh on uh, continuing that and also uh, with those podcasts, I'm actually beginning to publish them as uh, short books so that uh, all that great information people can actually purchase a, an inexpensive little paperback book and uh, capture that interview, that those, the actual words from from uh, these interviews and have them on their shelf in their dojo. Cool. Just because uh, for quick reference. But, cause it's so really are you neat. doing all the transcripting and, and doing no, all I have that a work couple of people that help me out with that. Okay, because that That's is labor intensive right there. It is. <laughs> I do have a full-time job that I have to uh, – <laughs> Right. You mean you don't make big bucks so. podcasting and running a website yeah, for martial right, artists? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> well, Eventually, I, I hope to make uh, martial arts uh, my full-time career. You know, I, I have uh, plans for – for school in the future, but uh, right at this point, I'm uh, focusing on the training and getting this website up and out there and uh, getting it out to uh, the people that are interested in it. Well, let's talk some more about the podcast because that's how I found out about you. You know, I was uh, mm. surfing through there for martial arts podcasts, and there's not that many that are ongoing and consistent, and, and you're definitely one of them that's, uh, you know, uh, staying in the fight there. <laughs> staying in the, yeah, yeah, struggling to stay in. Yeah, I know. It's hard to, uh, with the full-time job and all, it, we've got quite a few things going right now. We're trying to build a house, and uh, so we're moving all over the place and uh, trying to get podcasts out there as much as I can, but it always ends up being a little bit longer than I would hope. But, uh, no, it's been a lot of fun. Um, well, who, who, for instance, who are some of your favorite interviews just off the top of your head? Uh, some of the favorite interviews, I, I went to my bookshelf. And I looked at uh, books that uh, people had written, and Wong Kit, he's one of the guys I mentioned earlier. He was a, a great interview. He was he's in Malaysia, and he uh, teaches uh, Wanam Shaolin, mm-hmm. and he has schools all over the world. Uh, he teaches yeah. thousands of people, and very inspirational. I think every martial it. artist has seen his books in the bookstores. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But he has some really good uh, good books, and uh, a very good guy. Every time I, I've talked to him several times, and. He, and emailed him, and he always says, uh, we talked about the word Amitwofu, which is Chinese for a lot of things, like uh, and, you know, greetings and Buddha thank bless you and you're you welcome. And, yeah. and Merry Christmas and God <laughs> yeah. bless you and yeah. Buddha bless you. And uh, he always it starts his emails with Merry Christmas or something of the sort. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. And uh, talked to Shihan uh, Dana Abbott, which is a, another uh, – one of the longer interviews and it was very interesting about uh the samurai sword arts kenjutsu and iaido and those types of things and now he wrote a book too didn't he or a couple of books he has a few books on the samurai arts yep i think i've seen those they were quite good actually yeah yep very good he's a a good uh inspirational guy very uh very traditional samurai ethics and uh it's very cool he teaches online as well some samurai sword courses online um but he was very very good, and uh, he talked about how the samurai arts in uh, ancient Japan are can kind of be related to what we've kind of lost here in the U.S. in more recent years, and that's the uh, the, Ameri- the American spirit, he called it, and uh, you know the, the that entre- entrepreneurial drive and spirit that's kind of, I guess, been been waning in the 
in the last couple decades, but um, talked about how the samurai traditions and those ethics can really hone in on, on entrepreneurial spirit and uh, stuff like that. And talked all about the history of the samurai and uh, very, very interesting stuff. Another one was uh, uh, Sifu Yang Dwing Ming of the YMAA. Yes. And that was, uh, he's very cool. He has a, a, a retreat center in Northern California and he teaches uh, traditional Kung Fu to a handful of students at a time. And, uh, that are willing to sign on for five, right. six years. Is that what it is? Five, currently? six years. Yeah. yeah. Right. And they live there full time and, uh, just train Kung Fu all the time and work with the, uh, with the retreat center and keep, help it, help maintain it. Like, uh, in the old days, you know, yeah. I, I picture the old Shaolin temple where all the monks get their little rag and run across the floor in a line and clean, <laughs> <laughs> clean the floor all at once. Yeah. But, uh, very cool stuff. I uh, talked to Diana Innocento about um, her uncle Bruce, mm-hmm. Bruce Lee, and uh, that was really cool. Now, is she, is she, is she a practicing martial artist still? Uh, yeah. Yeah, she does. Okay. She, um, she's, she's more in the media side of things, I think. Uh, she had her movie that she directed and uh, starred in The Sensei, which was very cool. Very cool movie if you haven't seen that. I have um, not seen that. I'll have to track that down. Yeah, it's neat. Uh, one of those Karate Kid type of inspirational movies for um, young adults, troubled troubled youths, things like that. So, uh, yeah, that I could probably cool. use that. <laughs> <laughs> what is, is there anything out there for troubled middle aged men? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I need my own Karate Kid story right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, and another another interesting one that I'll mention is Sifu Shi Yan Ming. Who is the uh, the abbot of the USA Shaolin Temple? Is working to open up a, a Shaolin Temple in upstate New York, which I think is just really cool. And uh, I wasn't able to make it to the grand opening of that, but uh, he is opened up now and teaching uh, at this temple that was uh, built by his uh, students and himself. And he has uh, beautiful temple grounds there, and eventually he's going to make it uh, fairly reminiscent of the original Shaolin temple in China and it's going to be a, a, a monastery and a Kung Fu school and a, um, a, uh, an orphanage actually oh, as well. Wow. So he'll take on, you know, so he's actually, things like that. He's actually emphasizing the Buddhist element of, of Shaolin too. And not oh, just yeah. the martial arts. Okay. Yeah. Buddhist and Taoist, uh, philosophies there. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. So he, that was a really fascinating interview. And all these people are just amazing people to talk to. Well, the great thing about interviewing martial artists is they tend to be salty and iconoclastic and have strong opinions and <laughs> usually a decent yeah. sense of humor, too. So <laughs> It's true. Well, you know, another goal of the website here is to just promote martial arts as a, as a general uh, industry and as a general practice and activity because there's so much, there's so much to it. There's, it. It covers so many bases. There's a lot of things that you can kind of relate to it. You can relate dance to it or, or just working out in general or some health practices, but it, it's so encompassing as an art. Um, you can learn so many things from it, right and left brain. And, uh, so I just want to make sure I want to emphasize, help to emphasize that it's so important for people to practice this type of thing just to stay healthy, to stay mentally aware. And and it just makes for good people overall, I think. 
Well, you know, as a standalone exercise, there are very few other things that cover as many bases as, as a decent martial art will. Uh, maybe yeah. yoga, maybe dance, maybe some of that kind of thing. But like in America today, sports are so pervasive and, and so pushed and, and, and schools and colleges and stuff that, uh, you know, a lot of people, I think, will pick a certain sport as their way to stay healthy and, mm -hmm. Since sports are focused on one goal, like get the ball across the net or do this or do that, you know, I see, I have so many friends that played ultimate frisbee for a long time at a high level or tennis or something like that. And I've just watched them go through surgery after surgery after surgery because they're sort of the monofocus of doing a sport. I think it'd be mm -hmm. dangerous for you in the long run because you're not balancing it out. And martial arts seem to be really good at, at balancing you out. You know, you don't just do one thing over and over. You do a very broad variety of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Very balanced. I was, uh, I had some, some, uh, knee trouble back in, uh, after college, after I got out of it for a, a few years and just doing some rock climbing and I realized, ah, oh, geez, I really can't even lift my body weight with my knees and so much pain and trouble going up the stairs and i went to see a physical and you're not an old man no, i'm not an old <laughs> I'm man i'm looking at my, him audience he is not an old man <laughs> <laughs> my dad had bad knees and i think i get uh, the tendency towards towards the that if i don't address it but genetic um, disposition yeah. yeah right exactly but um i went to a physical therapist and he checked me out and it was when i started doing kung fu after two or three months they were fine they were you know in my prime again and yeah. so it's just, well, and the, I wasn't focusing on them necessarily. It's just the fact that it's so encompassing and so healthy overall that, uh, that's what I recommend to anyone who, with any sort of health problems, you know, joint pain, things like that is take, take some sort of martial art, you know, obviously not, uh, an impactful one if you're looking to get healthy, but, um, yeah. It's just so, so good for you. Well, the, um, that's another thing that a lot of sports miss is, uh, the, the isometric work, just holding stances or moving, <clears throat> excuse me, moving slowly. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's not going to build up huge muscle bellies like going to the gym and pushing plates around, but mm -hmm. it will over time strengthen those tendon insertion points at the muscle heads that, and stabilize joints like your knees and your, you know, your, the smaller your back, your, your arms, all, shoulders, you know, it's really good stability work. Yep. Keeps it greasy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, who, who are you looking to get on next? Do you have, uh, have anything you want to tease us with as far as who you're trying to get on the show? <laughs> I'm trying to get a pretty good cross section of different arts. Um, you know, some of the people I have on the show are, are fairly renowned, well-known martial artists, but a lot of the time I just take on people I find who are interesting, who have uh, some good insight on their art. I'm going to have a guy on, hopefully, to talk about a little bit of Krav Maga shortly, and um, I actually haven't had anyone come on the show to talk about Capoeira yet, so I want to get someone there for that. Um, there's, I mean, there's an endless amount of different martial arts I'd want to have talk about, talked about. Well, yeah, um, I mean, let me ask, since since it is sort of focused around lineage, that tends to imply that we're talking about, you know, Eastern martial arts with long, long, uh, you know, histories or whatever. But have, have you had any boxers or, uh, you know, uh, MMA guys or wrestlers uh, on to talk? Because those, those guys um, do have lineages, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I talked to... Uh, well, like I said, Diana Inosanto and her husband actually came on the show as well, Ron Balicki, and he's uh, a fighter and uh, 
done a lot with uh, Dan Innocento and stick fighting stuff. So I guess we spent a lot of time talking about uh, Filipino arts with him, but he also talked about uh, some of his uh, some of his uh, the fights that he'd been in, some of the other fighters that he knew. Um, I talked to um, a guy about European martial arts, which is kind of interesting, you know. Yeah. Not necessarily all the people I talked to are, are Chinese or Japanese martial artists. They're, uh, this guy was a European martial artist and he talked about, um, <clears throat> some, uh, Italian manuscripts that he'd come across, you know, uh, a few decades ago and, uh, created a school based on, on some of the old Italian Renaissance, uh, modes of thought. Yeah, and, uh, there, there seems to be a movement in that to try to resurrect some of the European, uh, you know, martial arts. Uh, I think with varying degrees of success, because it's really hard to take a, a, one of those older manuals and, and puzzle out exactly what's going on. But some guys are coming into it with experience in other arts and systems that gives them kind of the key to unlock it. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's, it's really been interesting to watch that develop over the last 20 years or so. A lot yeah. of it, a lot of it started out with people, you know, doing SCA stuff and Renaissance fairs and that sort of thing and wanting to get a little more serious about it. It's, it's been, yeah. been pretty cool. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, a lot of, there are so many similarities, even looking at, looking at these arts and talking to the people that I do. Uh, there's so many similarities between, um, you know, maybe in particular Wing Chun and, uh, and sword fighting just because of the, the science of it and the technicality behind it and uh, the redirection of energy type of thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, no matter what, yeah, no matter what culture they're coming from, they all have to work with human bodies. Yeah. And there's probably only so many good ways to break a guy's arm or whatever, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. But yeah, all these martial arts that seem so different on the surface, when you look at them, you know, and I've trained in several myself, you know, you you dig down a little bit further and and the same things start popping up, you know, just getting Mm -hmm. at them from a different direction. Yeah. Which is pretty cool because all those different flavors make it, make it nice and adaptable for the individual's personal taste and what's going to motivate them and, you know, what's going to keep them interested. But, you know, at the bottom, there's most of them came out of actual traditions where people were defending themselves or, you know, going off to war to use these tactics. So, uh, yeah, they tend to yeah, sort of exactly. line up with each other at that level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just doing a, uh, a, uh, had a, a Kali clinic over at the, the school I train at, um, last week and we were doing some knife fighting flow drills things like that and i was thinking about that and how that's actually pretty similar to how in capoeira you you just open up your mind to flowing it's not necessarily you're not necessarily learning a technique you're not doing a defense and then a, a trap and a break your your flow you're just doing a flow drill if it if you do a trap and it works then okay if it doesn't you move on and you keep flowing you keep moving and uh the mindset there and the the I think that the the art part of it that's required is very similar yeah. between those types of things. You, you can teach people tactics all day, but if you can't teach them how to come unstuck and actually flow when they need to use it, then yeah. it's not going to do them a whole lot of good. Right. <laughs> and it's right. interesting to see how different systems try to get that out of the person. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's true. Capoeira's got the Jenga; they keep you moving constantly. It's like, and we yeah. had a guy on to talk about Capoeira last week, and and he. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's like, it's mainly just, we tell him it doesn't matter if it works or not. Just don't stop, you know, keep right. doing things. Exactly. And I, I yeah. teach Bagua and I have, you know, I have this terrible problem with students that they'll 
do everything right until they actually contact another human being. And then they set <laughs> yeah. their feet and they're, you know, <laughs> they lo- they freeze in place and they try to just use their arms. I'm like, no, this is not what we do. You got to keep moving. <laughs> if, if you just stand there in the yeah. middle of the road, you're going to get run over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I guess we've covered this pretty well. Um, tell, tell everybody, well, no, before we get to this, we, we do this thing every time we have somebody on. Uh, and I don't know if you're not prepared, that's cool. But uh, we always ask people who are martial artists, if they have any, uh, we call them feet of clay stories or amusing anecdotes, uh, anything you'd like to share from your training that, uh, that might give us a little chuckle or, or a moment shock over here. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Well, I'm, I'm an engineer. My full-time job is, uh, an engineer. Wait, you drive a train? <laughs> train. <laughs> yeah. No, just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, I design uh, medical products most for the most time, for the most part. Cool. But um, I think throughout the years of you know, having become an engineer and I've got into this uh, mindset of being left brain person, you know, I think with numbers, I think with uh, diagrams and, and images and um things like that. The training in the martial arts, I train with diagrams and images and vectors and things like that. And I started to relate engineering to martial arts. Um, and I really liked the fact that it was so scientific, you know, martial arts, I can, I can distill this down to, to numbers and vectors and things like that. And then I kind of start thinking about it in the inverse and martial arts has helped open up my eyes to, uh, the more artistic side of being an engineer. And when I think about it, I start thinking about it during my day job as an engineer, I sit behind a computer and I do CAD most of the day mm-hmm. or I sketch in a notebook and I'm, I'm either coming up with ideas or solving problems and, of some sort and the ideas are flowing and I can relate that to Capoeira where ideas just come and go and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And kind of opened my eyes up to the fact that probably at least 80% of what I do behind my desk as an engineer is art and not science. Yeah. I mean, you have to make sure the bridge doesn't collapse, but it also has to be visually appealing, you know? (laughs) Well, it has to be visually appealing, but also the, just the, the connections that I make and the relationships that I have in the industry and the decisions that I make are all my own take on things and it's all my own artwork, you know, which kind of bolts I use and which kind of I beams we use or whatever. Uh, it's all, all the whole decision making process and conceptual design process is an art form in some, in some respect. And it, it was martial arts that kind of drove me to that conclusion. The fact mm-hmm. that, well, it can look scientific but it's also got a lot of art. It can look artistic, but it's also got a lot of science. Right. So. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> so uh, go ahead and tell people uh, where they should uh, look for your show. We're going to drive the hordes of high all listeners over there if they haven't already checked it out to Martial Arts Lineage Podcast and, uh, and your website. Yeah. So go ahead and give everybody the, the, the details on that and where they should be looking for you. Yep, the podcast uh, as well as the, the Martial Arts Lineage Project also, both of them are available at malineage.com. So that's where you'll go and sign up for your uh, your website to put in your lineage. And everything's free on the Lineage Project. Um, any martial artist can go there and sign up. And it's all just uh, 
a big effort to get everyone to come together. But the, it's a link to the podcast right up in the top menu there. So um, we'll have uh, more episodes coming out shortly. And um, that's where they can find it, malineage.com. And uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with me, I try to encourage people to uh, ask questions and things like that. Uh, you can inf- uh, email info at malineage.com. That'll go right to me uh, if you want to contact me. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on today, and we're going to keep up with you as you move forward. Uh, Very interesting work you're doing over there, and we appreciate it. Excellent. Well, likewise, I'll be listening to your show as well. Folks, we're back. We want to thank Tim Johnson again for coming on, and uh, we're going to segue right on to the news, news, news with Craig Kiesling coming to you live from uh, his little house where he lives. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What do you got for us this week, Craig? Got us some interesting stories. Uh, I'm going to start you off with a little personal highlight that uh, is actually not what you're thinking it is, Dave. And then I'm going to go into a kicker, so to speak. Um, but uh, some of you of our loyal listeners may remember I've, I've mentioned my uh, senior student uh, once or twice and that he's been overseas fighting the good fight, so to speak, um, and all that good stuff. And I'm happy to say he's back how healthy and, and all that good stuff and made his first appearance to uh, class Sunday. So uh, thanks for the good vibes, everybody. Dude's back, and I'm happy as all get out for that. Yeah, it's good to have him back. And also, I noticed on his Facebook that uh, <laughs> yeah, I know that you rewarded him for his time overseas with a five-hour class his first time back. <laughs> Apparently, he was a little bit hurty afterwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah, it was a good are thing. a cruel son of a bitch. Indeed, I am. <laughs> good on you. That's what makes a good kung fu instructor, right? That's Martial right. arts in That's general. Right. Indeed. Well, hey, here's uh, here's the kicker. And uh, since we're getting this out late and we're recording it late, most people already know. But just in case you didn't, it's still news and we need to talk about it. Um, one of the biggest kickers in the martial arts scene of the United States, unfortunately, has left us as of August 31st at the age of 68. American legend Joe Lewis uh, lost a year-long battle with brain cancer. It's it's yeah this this one is is it's close to home even though you know I don't do any of the styles he's done I've never met the guy but he was a super huge influential cat um, just badass he was during the 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 golden age of martial arts if you would uh, back when. You know, PKA and, and American kickboxing, which Joe Lewis helped coin the turn of, actually, um, was in its glory. And uh, when you saw fights in the ring uh, with with karate guys and whatnot, they were they were good, decent fights. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, yeah, you had points and whatnot, but there was some power behind the punches. There was strategy. Uh, there was no dancey, dancey, tippy tap, uh, just sport rack up the points. Well, wasn't, uh, wasn't Joe Lewis the first person to get a full contact, uh, karate match sanctioned in the U.S.? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. 
Um, he also, uh, you know, he was in Black Belt, the magazine. But no, uh, that's the stuff of my childhood. Black Belt magazine. Joe Lewis, yep. Bill Superfoot Wallace, Karen Shepard, yep. uh, Chuck Norris, all those cats. They were the big timers back then. Indeed. You know, and, and they were all friends, too, because they were like the they were the big name guys. But unfortunately, they were some of the only guys, you know, martial arts wasn't as big in the States back then as it is today, of course. Um, but, yeah, back in 75, he was inducted into Black Belt's Hall of Fame as Fighter of the Year. Um, you know, he was been in movies, um, was worked as stuntman <clears throat> as a stunt guy for, for Chuck Norris back in the wrecking crew in 69. Um, which interestingly enough had fight scenes choreographed by Bruce, uh, Bruce Lee. Um, Lewis was oddly enough, the original choice for way of the dragon, um, which, which Chuck actually ended up playing, but, uh, Lewis was the original choice for that. Oh, um, the, 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 fight in the roman coliseum yep yep the very one apparently joe right. didn't have enough chest hair for him to rip out <laughs> <laughs> that, that's one of my top five gnarliest movie scenes of all time where bruce lee's standing there with a handful of chuck norris's chest hair and blows it back at him <laughs> oh yep. my god but i gotta say you know that scene in the one in the other movie of course with uh uh tall guy um kareem abdul jabbar yeah with the with the footprint, yeah. you know, <laughs> the footprint that covered his entire chest. <laughs> exactly. There's some there's some great jokes in those movies. I'll tell you. Oh what. yeah. But yeah, and another name uh, in those in that circle was uh, the Jet Benny Orquides. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they they were all great. And as a matter of fact, well, uh, Benny the Jet spent a lot of time on Jackie Chan films. There's indeed. a couple of Jackie Chan's best rated fight scenes in his films. There was one in Meals on Wheels. I can't remember what the other one was, but the, he did two big fight scenes with Benny the Jet that I can recall, and both of them were just slam bang alicious. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, honestly, and totally off off kilter. Benny always kind of creeped me out a little bit. He just got has this weird face structure that always struck me as odd. I, no, he looks like he's wearing a Halloween mask. Yeah, <laughs> like a Michael like Myers that. Halloween mask. He's creepy. Yeah, his gross point blank. You know, when you see him down the hallway in <laughs> that school, it's like, good God, did Halloween just walk on set here? I'm scared. <laughs> I am scared now. <laughs> Indeed, I am scared. Mm -hmm. But um, on an interesting note, uh, prior to his passing, um, Lewis had completed work on his final film uh, called White Tiger. Uh, shot in location in Hong Kong. I'm sorry, in Thailand, actually. Um, it was actually a, kind of a small role uh, where he played a policeman whose death leads to his partner, um, teams up with a mercenary, and all this good stuff. Um, mercenary, by the way, is Don, uh, Don the Dragon. Wilson. Wilson. Yep. Yep. And, of course, we got our um, girl uh, from the Golden Age who plays a villain, any guesses who that might be? Uh, Cynthia Rothrock? Bingo, on the nose. Really? So they're all back in a movie together? Yes, indeed. I gotta see and, this. Uh, yep, it's it's due for release soon. It's directed by a guy named Toby Russell. I'm not really familiar with this guy. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, he so he got one last big uh, big shot in there, you know, for, for the screen. Um, and the guy was, was consistently working, going, you know, running seminars and also... Um, what do you call them? In inspirational type things, going to schools and motivational, 
There you go. Yes. Doing motivational workshops and whatnot, helping people, um, you know, if you lose the flame when you're a martial artist, how do you turn it back on? You know, when you're just so jaded, it's like, what am I doing this for? You know, or you hit a plateau, plateau, um, <laughs> plateau for uh, neck yeah. too. That's a joke for all you <laughs> well, evil you dead lovers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and Nosferatu as well. Yeah. That's that dude with the nose, right? In the black and white. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's him. Yeah. Well, he's dead too. So it's all good. But anyway, let's, let's close this out. I just wanted to, uh, just kind of, you know, give major props and, and respects to Joe Lewis. Um, you know, he, he passed at the age of 68, very full life. Um, you know, gone too soon, but, uh, he made a huge impact on, on our world really. And, uh, thank you, Joe Lewis. Yes. Kudos to you for everything you did for the martial arts world. And wow, 68, that's really young to go for somebody that was so into, you know, something so physical, but you know, once the brain tumor knocks. Yeah. Yep. You don't want to answer that door, brother. Yeah. <laughs> well, enjoy yourself while you're still in the pink is all I can say. I always do, brother. I know. You're good at it. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Um, felon by the name of Wyatt Lewis, who was in his mid-30s. Um, he was kind of well-known, fairly, in the Alberta, Canada MMA world. Um, he fought all around the province uh, as kind of a proponent in uh, BJJ. And was had a lot of good things said about him, all this good stuff. Anyway, the poor fellow has passed due to a kind of a kung fu story in that um, he was out with some buddies. Two of them uh, got jumped. One was hit over the uh, head with a with a uh, bottle, beer bottle type thing, and um, he wasn't even attacked. But he jumped in to protect his friend and uh, totally got slashed and diced right on up. Uh, with the fellow with the knife coming up behind him. Oh no! Yeah, it 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 really sucks. Um, it happened around 3 a.m. on Saturday, and cops found two guys with stab wounds. Both were taken to the hospital. Only one was declared dead. Unfortunately, that was our fellow Wyatt. Um, you know, that's I hate hearing stories like this. I really do. Because it's what you know, and it's it's common sense. You got to be careful, you know. It, but it almost says, "Do I do the right thing, or do I just worry about my own ass?" Um, how much preparation can you take for this? It, 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 these kind of stories personally just really bother me, especially when they're, you know, a good guy researched on the net. This guy's name, and I haven't seen any any bad press about him. I mean, even way before, of course, his passing, you know, and that just Right. Well, you know, apparently he was a decent guy because he did the quote unquote right thing and stepped in to help his buddy out. They got jumped. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, it, it doesn't matter how badass a martial artist you are. If somebody runs up behind you and sticks a knife in your liver or your kidney, yeah. I guess if they're behind you, you know, that could be it for you. So, um, yeah, it's a quandary because, you know, I mentioned that shooting thing that happened, uh, uh, at your place. At, well, at my place. old workplace not too long ago. <clears throat> and everybody was like, oh, what are you doing running out? Are you crazy? 
Like, no, I'm not crazy. I'm civic-minded. And that kind of comes with being a martial artist. I think that's part of it. Or maybe I got into martial arts because I already had that. Who knows? But right. if you see somebody that needs help, you want to help. But uh, we should all take a lesson and, and be extremely cautious when we do help because, uh, you know, you never know. Yeah. And, and the thing that, that, that sucks about about weapons uh, that you're going to encounter on the street is most of them are smartly small. So they don't have to be drawn when you enter into the fray. The guy could have easily gone in not seeing a knife thing, and I'm sure that's kind of what happened. Exactly. Uh, well, it sounds like you he know, got attacked from behind with it anyway, so maybe it was a, a buddy of the guy he was getting off of his buddy. I've right. been in that circumstance, too. You think you're fighting with yeah. one guy, and then suddenly you're fighting with two guys or three guys. Uh, you know, it's... And you can do... I mean, you know... Like my natural reaction in that situation when I feel presence from behind me is do the typical elbow up towards the where the guy's face should be type thing. In that situation, I still would have been dead on the ground. You know, the knife <laughs> doesn't matter. The knife's still piercing my body, you know. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. That, that shit really just drives me up the wall. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll address this in more detail as this show goes on because, you know, this is one of the places where the rubber really meets the road with martial arts. Oh, yeah. You've got everything considered. The size, surprise, legalities, intelligence, weighing the pros and cons of getting into it, being there in the first place, all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, we've got our work cut out for us, and hopefully our listeners will ride the ride with us. Yeah. I think the one thing we can all carry away from this one is no matter how badass you are, even if you can walk into an MMA ring and take some other guy apart and be a good guy when you're finished with it, that, you know, that may not count for anything if somebody sneaks up on you and pulls a weapon. Yeah. You get your three-year-old with a gun high out of that. Yeah. I'm not getting my three-year-old a gun because he's already startling me. <laughs> <laughs> And me, I might yeah. add. Yeah, he scared us both. That was hilarious. I'm gonna, All I'm right. gonna build a shed out in the yard to podcast from. This has just gone too far. <laughs> I, I think you already have that shed. Dave. Yeah, but I gotta, I gotta finish build it yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, what else you got? News. Yes, news. This you'll find interesting, and so will our listeners. Uh, a slight callback. Um, several episodes ago. I believe you guys remember a story about uh, there was a break-in in a church and some damage, and the cops went upstairs and found a naked dude on the couch, and there was the dude, and he said, hey, here I am, and he was an MMA fighter and all this, and also something that he did was uh, perform in this, this MTV show called The Bully Beatdown, yeah, yeah. where the MMA, you know, mixed martial artist would say, Okay, bullies, if you really want to bully, you know, let's throw yeah, them down. Come pick on me. <laughs> right. And so I remember that you had said, you know, stay on top of this. I want to see what happens. Yeah, I still haven't one. seen this thing. I don't have the big fancy cable, so I don't get this, but uh, I'm I think curious. I missed your chance. We, mo we both missed our chance because um, the show is and, and the networks it was appearing on and, and v through through the production companies and everything is being sued big time right now um, because excuse me uh, a previous one of the fellows who was working at 
basically big heads entertainment. Um, the Southern Entertainment Agency uh, created the concept for this show uh, about mixed martial artists challenging bullies to a prize fight way back in 2007. Um, and they teamed up with another company called Pro Elite. And Pro Elite went out of business. Big heads came to an agreement where uh, the, this huge company, Mark Burnett's companies, um, who's you know just a huge conglomerate guy in the entertainment, uh, basically said, "Hey, we'll pay you twelve point five of modified adjusted gross income uh, or revenue from the series. You know, if we can go ahead and continue this and run with it." So now it's uh, it, it's still in the process. You know, defendants couldn't be reached on this. Um, there's there's a lot of technicalities going on about numbers and figures. Who said what? You know, so there's there's not a complete finish to this right now, but uh, but they're being sued, and so we're we're gonna see what happens. Um, Fra- they, frankly, the whole sh- <clears throat> the whole show sounds like a lawsuit waiting to happen anyway. Yeah, but it's not even about that. Basically, the the originating uh, company who who created the concept, they were like they they created this formula. It's like we're going out of business, but we we want to make some cash. You know, you take the idea and run with it. Um, Twelve point five, blah 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 blah. But the the new company is, is saying that it operated at a loss and it's not getting the revenue we expect. So sorry, we can't get you this money and that money and all this kind of stuff. Um, but Big Heads Entertainment, the originator, is saying that the financial statements that they provided uh, were incomplete, inaccurate, misleading, and all this. So it, it's really down to a, you know, a, a money and numbers thing. But it's just interesting that it did get busted up like this because I, I was curious to check it out. I'm sure it'd be something I'd kind of chuckle at. But well, at least you know. some asshole walked away with a pocket full of money, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> It wasn't me, my friend. <laughs> no, no. We're still the assholes with the empty pockets. <laughs> well, moving on, um, another story that I I uh, just lightly brought up uh, many episodes ago, actually, uh, was about a movie called that was being filmed called uh, Man of Tai Chi. Uh, oh, yeah, Keanu. Yeah. Yeah, Keanu Reeves' uh, directorial debut. Well... He, uh, I, I kind of looked up into it. I was like, I haven't heard a damn thing about it. Is this, you know, did it go bust or what? But no, um, Keanu fell in love with this stuff. Uh, it, he's appearing in both the English and the Mandarin film. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of a two-parter, not two-parter, but, uh, two types. They're filming both in English and in Mandarin rather than just doing a dubbed thing. Oh, yeah, interesting. So they're actually reshooting every scene as need be with the appropriate language dialogue. Right. That's um, fancy. Just to, to remind you, uh, he's uh, got, uh, he's doing this with, with Tiger Chin, who was the main, uh, main guy who helped choreograph and whatnot in the Matrix. You know, of course, everybody remembers that. Keanu, you know, Neo and all that. The interesting thing, um, I did a lot of research on this and I read a lot of interviews, you know, of the guys interviewing Keanu about the movie and he talks like he's still doing one of those damn uh, time travel movies, you know. Bill and Ted, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
every every con every sentence starts with like and you know so but he says he says a few quotes that i'd like to share it's interesting i love kung fu movies i love the genre and i was working with a gentleman named chin who tight who helped train me in the matrix for the first matrix film we stayed friends and he started doing some acting so i started to work with him developing a story for him that story turned into man of tai chi and we worked on it for about like uh like i say five or six years it finally came to place where as i kept thinking about it it became craig oh jesus bad editorial yeah we're we're losing you move your headphones around a little do something there let's see if that fixes it Keep your hands away from your face. Try try again. Talk. You're coming in and out. I'll we'll stop and reconnect if we have to. All right. How's this? It's still clipping. Keep talking. That's weird. Tiger is a great martial artist. He's got this really traditional background. How's that? Uh, okay. Start it over. Okay. Keanu went on to say, "Tiger is a great martial artist." He's got this really traditional background, and he's also a modern man. And so the story is based around his character in a way. So this is pretty interesting. Uh, it, it's the first clue we've gotten about the content of the movie, that it's it's uh, based around this this guy that he met doing The Matrix, this guy Tiger Chin. So I'm, I'm pretty interested about it. You know, it, it, it sounds really interesting. Um but on the flip side, in my research on this movie, I also learned that Keanu is also working on a 3D adaptation of a classic Japanese tale, 47 Ronin. Oh, another one, huh? Yeah, he did a, he did a previous, uh, was that him? No, that was that other uh, Hollywood guy who did the samurai one, uh, Tom Cruise. He did the last samurai or whatever. Right. Well, this is this is interesting. I I really wanted to see Keanu and and some more focused, you know, martial arts things. I mean, if you're going to get on a movie and say I know kung fu, bring it, bitch. I yeah, don't care go, if it is. Take a couple of years and go learn kung fu. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the same time, I realized that you know, since we haven't heard anything, I was trying to find out why. Uh, but it has been delayed a little bit. Um. Just because of the two main issues, one being the English and Chinese issue, the other is because it's uh, a story based on someone else's life as inspiration, you know, you constantly got this going back and forth type thing. But they're all friendly, um, and it it really sounds like it's going to be pretty interesting. The way he describes Keanu, he says it's historical, uh, fantastical, it's a big story. Revenge, love, honor, outsider. It's a kind of Eastern Western big story. So sounds pretty interesting, and uh, I, I can't wait to see it. Cool. Me too. And that's about it. That's, uh, that's the last story I have for today. But, uh, you know, I tried to pick some a nice balance of interesting with uh, the sadness and all that good stuff. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, thanks for that, Craig. What in the hell? You've got mail. We're just going to spend a couple more minutes here. We're going to dip into the mailbag briefly. I think we should. It's been a minute since we have, so yeah, we we've got, got a few that picked up. We've got a couple of things to look at real quick here. 
Um, <clears throat> this first one I thought was uh, kind of inspiring in its own little way. Uh, Great. We got an email message from uh, from a fellow named Steve. Hey, Steve. Hiya. Hey, Steve. And hey, look, if you're sending us an email, let us know if it's okay to use your full name because we won't use it unless you say it's okay. That's right. <clears throat> But, uh, Steve, you know who you are. Uh, the message says, hi guys. I just wanted to say that I'm really enjoying the podcast despite not being involved in martial arts at all. Mm. So, you know what? I, one of the things we're trying to do here is at least be kudos to be entertaining to someone who may not be a hardcore martial artist. So, uh, we're really glad to hear that from you, Steve. Thanks for writing and letting us know that a little more from him. He says he dabbled with a bit of karate when he was young. And hey, who among cool. us hasn't? Uh, yeah. Nothing to do with a certain film, he says. <laughs> <laughs> and a bit of Taekwondo in his 20s, but uh, now he does triathlons and endurance sports, so he could probably run circles around us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. He says he'd still love to get involved in martial arts again, but doesn't currently feel able to commit to a level that wouldn't be a waste of his own and his teacher's time. You know what? If you're already considering that, then I think you probably should, should just go, go ahead and, and go for it. Because if, if you're that cognizant of your both your time and your teacher's time, I think if you find a good teacher, it'll be worthwhile for both of you. Indeed. And I tell you what, Steve, just keep listening. You know, um, you obviously have an interest. You got into it when you were a kid. You're listening to us right now. You're writing to us. You know, there is the interest. Come on, take the plunge. Evidently, there's probably something in your life situation that makes it difficult, but we all got to... We all got to do it, you know. Yeah, not every martial artist has to strive to be the master on the mountaintop with the eight-foot-long beard either. <laughs> right. It can just be a part of your life. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you don't have to be a long-term serious guy. You can be a hobby. It can be fun, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So get out there and enjoy that and definitely keep up what you're doing because you'll probably live longer for it. Uh, anyway, at the end, he says, uh, anyway, keep up the great work on the show. If I can't actually do it, I figured I'd listen to you guys talk about it instead. <laughs> That's a good, that's a great ending. Yeah. So thanks a bunch. And, uh, we'll keep jawboning about this for as long as you guys will keep listening. That's right. Okay. So, uh, let me rustle around in here. Wait, uh, there's something way down here at the bottom. There we go. Oh. What have you got over there? <laughs> I got a mailbag, Craig. <laughs> yes, you do. So this one, uh, you know, it didn't say anything uh, uh, about swapping paint. The subject line was stories you might like, uh, karate. <clears throat> yeah, so, uh, but I think this kind of falls under the swapping paint category. So tell me what you think about this, Craig. I think I will. So he says, uh, this is from C. Camp which I think is vague enough not to have given away his name if he doesn't want us to. Right. Welcome to Hayasi Camp. Yeah. Good to have you. Absolutely. He says, I'm a martial artist in Brooklyn, New York, and my main martial art is karate. Uh, karate, to be precise. And that's me. <laughs> Just so you know. Yeah, anyway, it's not a roddy or yeah. quaddy. You know. Sorry. I, you know, I still talk about martial arts like a southerner i guess i'm doomed to do that even if i know how to say it correctly it still comes out most of the time southern style hey that's a, that's not a bad style to have brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly anyway i have lots of stories to share that you might like here are two story number one i was skateboarding to college when i got pulled off my board i turned into a hammer fist and knocked down the guy who was pulling on me as he started to beg for me to stop beating him, I could see he was no danger anymore, so I asked what he wanted. 
He asked if he could look at the bottom of my board. I picked it up and showed it had a samurai and flames on the bottom. Nice. This scared him even more. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I asked why he wanted to pull me off my board. He said, I thought you stole my kid's board. I said, you better run now or I will fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> he ran so fast that he almost got hit by a car. End. Okay. <laughs> All right. Full well, stop. Yeah, full stop. Excellent, Seacamp. I think that's a lovely story. That is definitely a swap and paint story. Yeah. Now, I, I've got a couple of minor bones to pick here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> the first bone you I have. smacked him upside the head with the no, board no, no, in the no. first place. Well, the first bone I have to pick is he turned around and hit him with a hammer fist and knocked him down. But when he showed him the samurai and flames on the bottom of his board, the guy was even more scared. That's right. Uh, maybe he thought he was about to be hit with the board. The other one is, after he got the explanation, now I, I prove of this all the way up to this point, but after he got the explanation, I thought you stole my son's board, ah, maybe he should have toned down his response a little. You better run now or I'm going to fuck you up. And the guy almost got hit by a car running away. You know, if you put yakety sacks behind that, no one actually gets hit by a car. That's pretty funny. I agree. But uh, sacks? if the guy had been run over by a car and really all he was trying to do was get what he thought was somebody stealing his kid's skateboard, that story would not be what we're talking about. Story right now. would not be funny anymore. So, you know, and I, I can see definitely if your adrenaline's up, you know, you're in college and you're skateboarding and somebody yanks you off your skateboard, then yeah, you're going to be a little hot under the collar. So, you know, yeah. I'm hoping with the, with time since then that you've matured a little bit. So once the guy says, Oh no, I just thought you stole my kid's board. You can say, all right, well, don't do that again, and don't scare him so bad he skitters out in front of a car, okay? <laughs> All right, C-Camp, can you do that for me? Thanks, brother. Now, the second story I like much more, Oh, okay. and it's very short and sweet and to the point. Well, do share. Okay. One time, a student in my instructor's class showed up to the dojo with his old green belt on for St. Patrick's Day. The guy nice. was actually a brown belt, a higher rank. When my teacher saw this, he said, let's make every day St. Patrick's in. <laughs> I, I like, do like that. I like this guy's teacher. Yes, <laughs> oh, you going to play funny joke with your belt? Okay, it's St. Patrick's Day everybody, every day. <laughs> you start over. <laughs> That's actually, um, that brings to, to mind something kind of interesting and uh, exactly the same, oddly enough. Um I have recently changed the curriculum and the way I teach, as you well know. And uh, so I've created this belt ranking system, and I'm getting a little bit uh, more systematic and things. And I explained this to my students, and I said, you know, you have the option of staying kind of where you are and adopting this current belt level where you'd be in the material that you've learned uh, and – stop there and basically go back over everything you've learned because we're going to go over the details inside and out, all applications, fight with it, yada, yada, yada. And, or you can go back and ad adopt the belt that would you know do that. So you'd start off as a beginner, even though you've been with me for two or three years. So my senior student says, you know what, I want to be a brand new beginner and all this kind of crap. And uh, I was like, okay, but the other guy's going to give you shit about it, that's for sure, because you're the advanced student, you're above them. And he's like, I don't care, I don't care. I want to, I want to go through this right, and you know, it just, it's more logical this way, and so on and so forth. And uh, so when he came <clears throat> out to his first class, he was surprised in that. Uh, I kind of just instead of giving the other guys a chance to give him a hard time, 
I made them go all the way back to the beginning as well. So everybody's starting fresh. <laughs> so he's still got his place in line. Now, I'm assuming you gave them all their money back, right? Oh, God, no. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you tricked another batch. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Round two. Yeah. Well, you know, that, it says a lot for your senior student uh, that uh, that he doesn't give a flip really about the belt or the appearance. He just wants to learn it right and wants to make sure everything's kosher. That's right. I had a, obviously, they're, you know, the people who learn the forms or whatever advanced, they'll fly through the ranks, you know, but. Uh, right. It'll just be a review session, basically, for them. Yeah, exactly. Cool. And uh, that, that reminds me of, uh, you know, when I was in Taekwondo um, many, many years ago, after uh, attaining a green belt, I decided that I wasn't really into the whole testing and getting new belts thing. I just wanted to learn the material. <laughs> right. So I finished the the material to test for the next level. And he said, okay, it's time to test. You know, and there were always extra fees. And so and I was a young kid with not a lot of extra money. I'm like, um, no, I'll just keep working on this. <laughs> <laughs> you may have extra fees. I know have extra money. Yeah. Well, I was just like, also, I didn't care about getting another belt. I mean, it just right. really, even at that point, it meant nothing to me what color my belt was. It was keeping my gi bottoms up and that was good enough for me. <laughs> so I just kept coming to class. And at first, this pissed him off so bad. He was just like, oh, he ignored me in class for like a solid month. But All after right. I kept coming back for a month and just kept working on what I knew, he's like, oh, fuck. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually took me aside and he's like, okay, you know more, you know more, get rank. You know, it's like, you know, you can't teach, you know more, get rank, you know? And I'm like, that's fine. I just want to, you know, do this. And he said, okay. And he actually started showing me some stuff from his Hopkido. Wow. Cause he's like, okay, well you want to learn how to fight. Right. So he started showing me different stuff to do with the material I learned. So in the end, it actually worked out for me. He took a lot of the stuff I'd already learned and made it more, you know, street martially applicable for me. You Very know, he's cool. like, oh, no, a jump spinning back kick, you know, start way away. And he made me <laughs> practice the jump spinning back kick with my elbow touching the bag. He's like, you jump away and kick, you hit every yeah, time. Yeah, I can see that. That's very cool. <clears throat> yeah, so a lot of little tricks like that. So, you know, in the end, I think it actually worked out for me for the amount of time I was there. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, then. Uh, probably, uh, probably just one more thing we need to hit before we uh, fade out tonight. Are we fading out? Well, you know, I think we've covered everything. Hey, there's always more to cover. That's why we'll do another podcast next week. Oh, good. <laughs> Excellent. I was I was hoping we would. But uh, one thing I did want to bring up here is uh, this happened just a couple of days after Dragon Con. Uh, Craig's mother succumbed to a long illness and has now passed on. And uh, we yes, here at Hiya and everybody in Hiya Land, I want you to send Craig good vibes. And uh, we're just uh, extending our condolences to you. And I just want to say what a trooper you are for even coming on and doing this with me. Uh, many you a- thanks. I offered you as much time off as you needed, but, uh, you know, this, this was not a huge surprise. Um, yeah. I, you know, I've, I've known your mother for a while too, and she's been ill for a long time. So, you know, appreciate you coming on doing this and, and, uh, you know, ride that burning ship to paradise, baby. <laughs> oh, definitely. Thank you very much. And, and I appreciate that. I apologize to people, uh, you know, a couple episodes getting, getting out a little bit, uh, later than we'd like, but, uh, it's just been, a whirlwind of dealing with issues with it. And, you know, of course she passed like literally 
five minutes before my sister, who lives on the opposite coast of the country, pulled in for a visit literally five minutes away. So I've been dealing with family issues, family meetings and all this. And, uh, you know, I, I apologize. It's been difficult to, to, uh, to get this out, but, uh, but we're, but we're working it out and, uh, hi, I will no longer suffer because of it, but I, I did want to thank you for your, for your condolences and whatnot. And I'll tell you in a, in a very, um, cool and martial arts related thing of course i'm i'm hard pressed uh you know to to think good thoughts and all this and and find good good stories and whatnot and one thing i really realized is that like dave said it was not a surprise uh (laughs) very much because she's been in physical pain and and just really screwed up for a long time after one car accident over she's 20 years ago um it was one thing to the next to the next and the next. Mm-hmm. And uh my father, who was in relatively good health, passed before she did. And it all you know surprised the f- <laughs> hell out of us. And we always thought each year she wasn't gonna be around. She just kept on ticking, kept on ticking. And she was always in extreme pain. And um I I, you know, post uh, facto if you would uh, thank her for teaching me a lot about endurance, uh, enduring pain, and the strength to simply go on when, you know, it looks like you can't, you know. <clears throat> so there you have that, and we'll Boy. finish that up before I start breaking down in tears on no, uh, no. camera here. <laughs> here, here, and that's a good lesson she taught you there. Yes, indeed. All right. We love you, moms. Keep on riding. And everybody else out there in High Island, thanks so much for your support. Thanks for the letters and the reviews. We really appreciate it. Things are coming together. And we're going we're gonna to go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, everybody out there, see ya. See ya. All right. Good night. Good night.